0: This is a special presentation from the Blaze Radio Network.
2: Here we go again. It's debate night once again. Doc Thompson and Chris Salcedo anchoring the Blaze Radio Network coverage of the, well, tonight, vice presidential debate, but the debate season for the 2016 election. Tonight, you've got Governor Mike Pence of Indiana, the running mate of Donald Trump, taking on... Tim Kaine the senator from Virginia Hillary Clinton's running mate I would think that uh, and even my pal Michael Palka this morning um, seemed to suggest it would be a oh, kind of a, a boring <laughs> debate and normally VP debates usually are pretty pretty lame but I don't think this is going to be boring tonight what do you think Chris
1: well typically I mean look at how the the roles are reversed uh, typically you have that the presidential debates the statesman um, in this case, the state's and they're talking about policies, and they're and they're talking about their visions for America, and you get to the vice presidential debate, and it's usually attack dogs on display,
2: right? Well, and that, that's well, and that's kind of their role, vice presidential. That, that, the the traditionally, the right? yeah,
1: traditionally now. You've got Donald Trump and, and to a, a lesser extent, Hillary Clinton, who are their own attack dogs, really, because they, uh, uh, Donald Trump doesn't have the resume, and Hillary Clinton, her resume is so corrupt <laughs> that she, all they're talking about is dirt on the presidential campaign. And so tonight we might be treated to a, a rare glimpse of policy, but, but I'll say that with this one caveat. Uh, Mike Pence was uh i mean he is in congress but also was a fill-in talk show host i think he was on he filled in for ingram a couple of times um uh, mm-hmm. and, and and does know does know the language of conservatism let's put it that way and does know how to talk to audiences like that so he may throw a couple of um, uh, of zingers in there that the hapless uh, uh kane won't be able to to field
2: Yeah, you would think that he'd be able to put some words together on stage, but but that only raises the bar a little bit, too. So, I mean, for people who don't know that that's his background, oh, wow, he did a nice job. Those of us that do are thinking, okay, you ought to be able to bring it then, dude.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And you know what? And Governor Pence, a, a heck of a nice man, and he refuses to get down in the dirt. How many times have we heard him say, I refuse to engage at, at hominem attacks, I, I just won't go there. I, I, I just don't. That's what I, what I do. I don't call people names. I just talk about the issues. And maybe tonight, maybe tonight he'll, he'll – he, I don't think he's going to call somebody a name, but maybe he'll bring something. You know what I mean? So So
2: he, let me ask you this, Chris. What do you think – what would be the approach you would offer for the two candidates tonight? What would be the approach – um like you said, uh, traditionally the vice presidential candidate is the attack dog so the candidate can look above the fray somewhat. And the other one could go in there and just 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 run him through, give up cold steel, right? Um but as you said things are a little different now. You've got uh two guys who <laughs> at least like to appear that they're very statesmanly. Like Tim Kaine loves to play that angle, but he's really a pretty big dirtbag and we'll get into that a little bit later on. But what advice would you give them? You're in their camp and you say, OK, Governor Pence, uh, here's what you should do tonight to be effective. A lot of people think he should go on the offensive and bring up all of this stuff about Hillary and just hammer, hammer, hammer. What do you say?
1: No, I think it's a, that's, a, that's a good strategy. For, if I was going to advise Pence, I'd say, look, there was a lot of money left on the table in the first presidential debate. There is some cleanup that needs to be done there. There's a lot of stuff in the news just in the last, what, four or five hours uh, uh, Resident Obama's Department of Justice dropping charges to, uh, uh, to a uh, an arms dealer that that threatened to bring up Hillary Clinton's emails again. This is a Libyan arms dealer. Mrs. Clinton was trying to work through this arms deal. It was alleged to to provide uh, weapons to the rebels in Libya. Completely underhanded. Completely backroom deal. And of course, it would shine a a a, a different light, or a, a more of a light, on something that the administration and Hillary Clinton want in the rearview mirror, desperately. So Pence Pence's job is to get is to get the press for a change to stop focusing on Miss Universe from 20 years ago, and and, and all of that nonsense. And start focusing on something that, that the current administration has been doing to us over the last eight years, how much they've been bending the country over the last eight years. Now, Kane what, what he has to do is – Well,
2: what it, advice would you give him? You're in his camp. You say this is how right. you handle it. Okay. What, yeah,
1: what he has to do is, is to try to, to separate in the best way he possibly can without throwing Obama under the bus, to sit there and say, yeah, we understand there are problems and we understand there are issues that need to be worked through, but – we have the steady hand that could that could deal and and look at all look at all the Republicans over here who are dissatisfied with their candidate. We can work with those people and we can forge together a consensus. And we are the reasonable folks moving forward. That's that's what Tim Kaine has to try to accomplish. And then all all the while walking that minefield of of Hillary Clinton's actual record.
2: If if I was Tim Kaine and I was in their camp, I would. I would release the hounds. I would tell him to get in there and be as nasty as you can. I would in uh, and, and challenge challenge Pence to balance that. You know, to it, it looking nasty often is how the other person handles it. You know what I'm saying? I would get in there and I would hit them with every real and thing that isn't real. Cause that's what they do anyways about Donald Trump. I would hit him on the tax things and I would just beat him up and I would just, I would just attack if I were Cain and I'd tell him to do that. Now, Pence, on the other hand, I would tell just the opposite. I would say, you need to be the statesman. Remember, Pence is not all that dissimilar in a role that Joe Biden played for President Obama. Used to be. Uh, in the previous handful of presidents, you would have a younger vice president or one comparable in age, maybe a little less experience. But don't worry, they're the VP pick. You know, they're on the side just in case. You know what I mean? They could they could do the job, but they're on the side. You know that type of thing. Well, when Obama was up there, Obama really wanted Tim Kaine as a pick, but they said, no, 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 we can't, we can't have people thinking that you don't have enough experience. We need somebody a father figure, an advisor, to put his hand on your shoulder and reassure the country that they're there just in case. You know what I mean? Like this. I think that's what, what Donald Trump, as a non-politician, needs people to see. That the, the white-haired Mike Pence, the guy who knows D.C., who's been an administrator as a governor, this guy is there. So I would come across very professional, and I would look at Tim dismissively and say, Senator, is this really what you want this debate to be? This is really what you want America to be. Now, I would do that, Chris, but also he has to find a way to defend Trump about the taxes. So I have a couple of lines ready, but that's my take.
1: Yeah, and you know, and, and if if they have done their homework over at, at Clinton land, then I, I, I don't think they'll tell Tim Kaine to do that because uh, Pence is, is just a, a, a likable guy, a guy right. that, that won't take that bait. And and what what has been the narrative of the Clinton campaign? It's Donald Donald Trump is crazy. He's nuts. You can't trust the guy. Flies off the handle, f- uh, throws invective all over the place. That's the narrative. So if Tim Kaine gets on that stage and starts flying off the handle, completely crazy, throwing invective everywhere, it completely undermines. I mean, uh, and, and Mike Pence will hand him his lunch uh, he, on he that may, saying. You, you,
2: you may be right on that. In my mind, I'm imagining him attacking um just relentlessly about the issues, though, when I say yeah. that, not something well, that seems kind of half cocked, but just go, you know right. this is a failure, this is a failure, this is a fa- like that you
1: know right and, and, and again it 's tough to do when you 're coming off an administration True. that is that has been so bad at everything i mean you've got even Obama out there saying that Obamacare has serious problems, you got Bill Clinton out there saying that the, that Obamacare is quote crazy, that it is crazy. And then, and then Hillary Clinton is already on record pledging to double down on that stuff, and they're already trying to rewrite that by saying, oh, we want to fix what's wrong with it and keep what's right with it, and it's, it's a complete and utter disaster. It's going
2: to be interesting. Uh, the backdrop tonight is a college in Farmville, Virginia, not that far from Richmond, Virginia. Right, um, where uh, Tim Kaine was, I believe, was he, I think he was mayor of Richmond. Now that I think about it, uh, but of course, uh, governor of Virginia. And did you do radio no, out
1: there too? At one point, I
2: did. I did. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Uh, he was governor uh, as I came in. And uh, started working there. I love Richmond, Virginia. I have uh, pretty big knowledge of, of Tim Kaine's failures as governor while I was there and then the early as senator as well. And we're going to run your, down some your, of those uh,
1: I was going to say, hence your earlier uh, uh, pronouncement about the, the, the dirt baggishness uh, of uh, Mr. Kaine.
2: absolute one of the worst. And it, it, here's the thing. Virginia has two of the wonderfully evil worst senators because they both <laughs> appear – to be very moderate. I bet if you were to poll people in Virginia and ask them and not politically, just ask them, you know, oh no, uh, uh, Mark Warner, Tim Kaine, they're, you know, they're moderate, yeah, whatever. They're not. Their record is as progressive as they get, and yet they come across very what do you what do you mean? I'm a very moderate. What do you they soft-spoken seem very reasonable. If you actually listen to what they're saying, they're crazy. Remember Tim was head of the DNC. He has done and said some of the worst things. But people don't often see it because he puts a nice little smile on it. He's good. Did you play or did you talk about the audio from just a couple of weeks ago, Chris, where <clears throat> Tim Kane would simply not answer uh, some questions? He wouldn't even say something as simple as "Did you know that Hillary Clinton had pneumonia before she collapsed?" Did, did they yeah. tell you that? And I, he I didn't would play not it, say. But I've it. heard that. I saw that. It's incredible. I, I played the entire thing and then edited it down and i said listen he will not answer something so simple and his excuse was well i don't want to get into the you know what our conversations about as if they were talking about you know nuclear missile silos and the launch codes you know what i mean <laughs> i mean that's not what it's talking. they just simply said did you know did they tell you as her running mate that she had pneumonia you know i don't want to get into you know what we discussed just to say that i called her after she you know, collapse, that isn't the word to use, but after yeah. you know, they took her away. Well Okay, but did did you know? And he would not say something as simple. And I pointed out to the audience, I'm like, I don't think they told him. And eventually somebody needled him to the point that he had to admit it.
1: Yeah. I um I had a different take on Kane, uh because of uh, and some recent spats that I've had with, with the left online. Uh and Mr. and also I don't know if you recall this, if you saw this a couple of weeks ago, full page ads taken out. I think it was Soros money that was backing it. Twenty twenty major cities across the United States of people who are alleged Catholics, uh, who are pro-choice, not like pro-choice, but federal funding, taxpayer money funding for abortion, and Tim Kaine's one of these guys who professes to be a Catholic, and uh, today today on the show or yesterday on the show, I you know, Tim Kaine and everybody needs to know he's a fake Catholic, and uh, speaking as a as a practicing Catholic myself, uh, no one who advocates and promotes abortion. Is a legitimate Catholic, and and th- those who make who make these decisions about who's going to run the country based on on the social issues need to understand that about Mister Kane. He's trying to thread that needle, and there there are no two ways about it. Even his own bishop came out and said, "Sorry, dude. No, no matter no matter how much you wish that the Catholic Church is going to change positions on abortion, that just there's no way we are not going to err on the side of life." And murdering children in utero is just not what the Catholic Church is all about. That's what the Democrats are all about. So uh, you know, I just that's just my take on Mr. Kane. He's a he's a fake Catholic.
2: No, you're you're absolutely. I call him the counterfeit Catholics because I like the alliteration. The counterfeit Catholic. You're you're absolutely. Very nice. Here's the thing. Um, Number one, it is not in line with his faith. And I wouldn't suggest that somebody um, who has a faith just automatically listen to everything their church says. I don't think that's right. But so much of what Tim does isn't just in line with Catholic doctrine or Catholic teachings; it's not in line with Christian teachings. Period. Indeed. I mean, there there is an underlining un, uh, 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 understanding of the of Christian faith, and it is this: that you set a high standard and make no excuses for sin. You know you will sin, and you admit that when you do, but you don't justify. Well, it was okay because it was just the you know, and I only did it once, and it was a. You say I was wrong, and you repent, and you say I know I am a sinner, and I'm going to do it again, but I'm going to try my best not to. That is the basis of of Christian faith, and Tim Kane doesn't believe that. Yeah. he is a hypocrite about all of this stuff. Do but there's think, another. Do you think the social the, yeah.
1: issues? Do you think the social issues will make an appearance tonight?
2: Um, I think they they probably will. Uh, from the, the crowd, this is uh, is, is the, this is in the town hall one. Who's moderating this?
1: Uh, we well, know? i was just going to ask you. Elaine Quijano is her name. Uh, oh,
2: yes. Yeah. A relative
1: uh, unknown with CBS News. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know her from Adam. I just just happened. Very very attractive young lady. I mean, young compared to me, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have no idea. She she's not like a Katie Couric or a Lester Holt out there with their liberal with their liberalism and their bias on their sleeve. Uh, she's really an unknown to me.
2: I would think that knowing that. Uh that Tim Kane is the counterfeit Catholic and knowing that Mike Pence is an evangelical and certainly conservative, I would think and social issues Catholic. are good and former, yeah, and Catholic, former Catholic, Catholic. Right. That's yeah. right. Um, that I would think social issues will pop up, but you know, it's not just Chris about Tim Kane being the, the fake Catholic who wants to explain things away. The, uh, what are the cafeteria Catholic? I'll take this and this, but I'm gonna leave all of that. It's kind mm-hmm. of an a la carte thing. It's not just that. He, Kim Cain, has fully, many times, spoken to, fundraised for, and helped pass legislation fully supporting Planned Parenthood and their abortion practices. This is not just wrong from Christian values. This is wrong from a government standpoint. Government should absolutely not be endorsing, promoting, or paying for somebody's medical procedure that is an elective on top of it.
1: Well, yes, but we have the federal government paying for sex changes now in, in the United right. States military, which is another wonderful experiment. I'm hoping that Tim Kaine has that top of mind if this if this kind of stuff uh, uh, does come up in this debate. You know what? I, I was as, as Since you asked the question about Elaine Quijano, I thought I, I was doing a quick Google search on her. And I, apparently you and I aren't the only ones curious about her. CNN did a write-up on her. And uh, if I can just read a couple of stanzas here, if you want to know a little bit about her. Mm -hmm. Unlike the moderators chosen for this year's national debates, Kihano is not a household name. And that's you and I had no idea who she was. She's a digital news anchor, meaning she's not even on broadcast. Typically, She does the online stuff. Daytime anchor at CBSN, CBS News 24-hour live stream channel. And she's never moderated so much as a primary debate. So this is... This is her first time in the sun here uh, on on such a bright stage. Tuesday night, Kihano will preside over the vice presidential debate between Cain, Pence, introducing herself to tens of millions of Americans in the process. Forty-two-year-old Filipino American Kihano will be the first yeah. Asian American journalist ever to yeah, moderate national Yeah. As soon as, as you said debate. Asian,
2: I got it. I I know who she is. I could picture her now. Okay, yeah. I know I've seen her before, but yeah, she's kind of under the radar.
1: Yeah uh one of the best storytellers in in journalism, according to uh, somebody who I have a little bit of respect well out of respect for is major garrett of c b s news so um we'll we'll see we'll see if she if she plays this straight down the middle if she if she does exactly the opposite of what Lester Holt did, she will be right on track if if you know, she if she keeps it funny. straight down the middle
2: i I really feel bad for the moderators because um th- they almost can never win in these things that's you counten- you know what i mean you really it's very difficult to to come across. Well, I almost wish um, that you that, that they would pick two moderators. Let the Republicans pick one. Let the Democrats pick her, pick another, and they go back and forth asking the other person, uh, you know, the question, and just let them pick the most, you know, rapidly progressive or rabidly conservative, and then you know you're going to get something a little more balanced. So there, well, there must mi- be an idea be the, in there.
1: Well, that might be uh, a good way to go. Actually, might actually, kind of be entertaining. But you know that this, and I used to be in news, man. So I I know that it is possible to be a straightforward, down the middle journalist, and it's a very simple rule of thumb. A thumb: if if you're tough on one, you're tough on the other. If you follow up on one, you'll follow up on the other. Lester Holt completely abandoned any illusion of fairness in when he moderated that debate, and uh, Tim Russert, in my mind. Is a prime example of a guy who we knew his politics. We knew his, we, he used to work for a Democrat when he was uh, when he was on the Hill. He became the moderator of Meet the Press before he, you know, for, for years before he passed on. And here's a guy who could bring uh, equal vim and vigor to both political parties, and he was highly regarded by both sides. And you don't see that so much anymore. I, I, Brett Bears is somewhere in that category. The aforementioned Major Garrett is somewhat in that category. Uh, Jake Tapper, for the most part, is there. But there, there are uh, Cheryl Atkinson, for the most part, is straight down the middle type journalist. But they're becoming rarities, and they're not. They're, they are becoming the exception and not the rule.
2: We are uh, in our pre-debate coverage on the Blaze Radio Network. Immediately following the debate, we'll have a post-debate and we'll take your calls. The number 888 thirty three ninety three, Or you can tweet at us now during the, um, the debates and then certainly after. It's at Doc Thompson Show and ask Chris Salcedo, TX for Texas. Did I get that right?
1: Yeah, at Chris Salcedo, TX, correct.
2: All right, sounds good. So uh, keep those coming in, and please follow us as well. We will be debate or um, tweeting during the debate as well, so we'll have uh, quite a bit to offer. Can I run down uh, some of Tim Kaine's other failures for people who don't know? Because I'll bet you there's a lot of people that you know have focused so much on Hillary, they don't realize what a failure Tim Kaine is. Here's yeah. just a couple of things you need to know about him. Not only is he in the tank for the progressive green agenda, he is a big green weenie. He um, had <laughs> absolutely admitted that he is completely for a cap and trade system. He has promoted this, and this is just creating a false um, commodity out of carbon credits that would basically just cost, make everything cost money for me and you and make it more difficult to start businesses and live our lives. And even though he has been for this over and over, on a radio program on the station that I worked at um, in Virginia, a friend of mine called in and asked him about it, and he admitted that, a cap and trade would absolutely cost Virginians' jobs. It would it would it would cut into the jobs in Virginia. But it didn't matter. He was still in favor of it. So it shows the agenda. He advocated for President Obama. He was one of the first prominent figures to come out and support President Obama. He advocated and supported and campaigned for Obamacare. He um, proposed a uh, Virginia budget tax increase in his first three months after campaigning that said and promised he wouldn't. He raised taxes. By the time he left, unemployment was higher. Taxes were higher. He uh, claimed that Virginia was racist prior to 2008 when it uh, elected President Obama. Um, His final budget that he proposed in Virginia lost in the House 97 to nothing. There are not 97 Republicans in the House of Delegates wow. in Virginia. 97 to nothing. You've got to inclu- realize that this also includes the nutty progressive House members that are up around D.C. 97 to nothing. He um, has advocated and done everything in his power as governor to cut into Second Amendment rights. He uh, supported uh, a unconstitutional regional transit authority in northern Virginia, giving power away and charging the citizens of Virginia more in order to control and get more built around DC, which is convenient because he's in DC now. You see how that, that works. Mm -hmm. And, um, he, uh, um, over and over again has much like president Obama been down on Virginia as being racist, much like Obama has constantly apologized for America. That's been Tim Kaine for Virginia.
1: And, he, and left it, it, a massive de- he left a massive <clears throat> deficit, massive
2: did he not? Oh, massive one. And the oh, list yeah. goes on and on. I mean, I could, I could spend three hours just telling you about the failures there. He uh, shut down the Virginia rest stops in Virginia, which <laughs> I don't think did. rest, rest, rest stops should be around and paid for by the you know, citizens anymore anyway. That's an outdated idea. But he shut them down because of a budget battle. He couldn't find anything else to cut. <laughs> mm. <laughs> that, mm-hmm. was, that was the thing.
1: Just, that must have been painful for him because, you know, for, for a Democrat to cut government, it is uh, it's just not done.
2: Right. Yeah, exactly. He commuted the death sentence of um, quite a few, including Percy Walton. Percy Walton then went on and uh, murdered or had murdered three people, an 81 year old, an 80 year old and a 33 year old. And he uh, he commuted that guy's death sentence. So mm-hmm. the guy was a victim, obviously. I mean, it just goes on and on, the ridiculousness of Kim So, Kim. so
1: in essence, what you're saying, he's, he's just a Democrat.
2: He's, <laughs> I mean, he's, he's the a Democrat
1: through and through.
2: He absolutely, progressive without question. Yeah. So we'll get some more of this and what we can expect from tonight, and uh, we'll take some of your calls. 888 thirty three ninety three. It's 888 thirty three ninety three. And again, it's at Doc Thompson Show and at Chris Salcedo TX. Chris Salcedo TX on Twitter. Tell us what you think and what you expect tonight. Is it going to be boring? Is it going to be fireworks? And what is your premonition about who will end up on top? Do you have any predictions? Share them with us now. This is the Blaze Radio Network.
0: You're listening to a special presentation from the Blaze Radio Network. after which fees apply. The Blaze Radio Network.
2: Doc Thompson along with Chris Salcedo and Mike Opalka at StuntBrain on Twitter joining us as we uh, yeah. offer our pre-debate coverage of the vice presidential debate tonight live from Farmville, Virginia. Interesting, guys. A new CNN poll shows that support for and opinions about both Mike Pence and Tim Kaine pretty even. 38% mm. of voters expect each man to to do a good job if they were a VP. Both of them, 38% say right on. Uh, both candidates have a positive net favorability rating, and only 3 in 10 voters have an opinion on either one of them. Know who they are. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, so, you you know, I, watched, I was going to say I watched the Bloomberg guys go out into Times Square today with pictures of both of them,
2: mm-hmm. and
3: people just shaking their heads going, yeah, I, I don't know. I got no idea.
2: I got nothing. I
3: don't I know got anything
1: nothing. about him. Yeah, yeah, you know what? But, uh, Kane, I knew of him. But until he was picked, I I, I didn't know. I, I mean, I was like, "Oh, that's Tim Kaine." Oh, I, I knew the name Tim Kaine, but mostly by reputation. It's like, "Oh, I, putting a face with a name." Uh, after after he was uh, his name, you know what? And Doc, you were talking about how uh, anti-capitalist he is, and how mm-hmm. uh, anti-energy is, and he wants to raise everybody's uh, energy rates, and how much of a devotee Mr. Kaine was to Obama, and it reminded me of that of that soundbite that became so infamous and so emblematic of. Uh, Americans getting hit in the wallets by the Obama administration and and Tim Kaine supporting all of this. And you guys remember this. Hold on. When
2: I was asked earlier about uh, the issue of coal, uh, you know, under my plan uh, of a cap and trade system, electricity rates would necessarily skyrocket.
1: And that and that was the plan. And Tim Kaine was all on board.
2: Yep. And. It's not all that different when when Tim Kaine, I mentioned that radio program where he admitted it would cost Virginia jobs. When uh, Charlie Gibson in 2008 said to Obama, listen, it's been proven over and over. You, you lower the federal tax rates and you're going to take more money in. And uh, then candidate Obama said, ah, it doesn't matter. It's about fairness. Michael Palka, your thoughts.
3: Yeah, well that's been the mantra from this the administration since uh, the year before he was elected. And he he told us everything he was going to do and then he went on and did it. And so we should pay close attention to Tim Kaine, who will be more I think he actually will be more aligned with Obama than with Hillary. Yep. If you yep. look at his record and I think that's that's part of the uh part of the compromise they made. The the thing I'm looking for tonight, guys, is that neither one of these candidates are going to be selling themselves. They're both going to be punching up towards their opponent's boss. Mm. So Kane is going to be hitting at uh, Trump, and you're going to see Pence swinging at Hillary. <laughs> neither one will be actually punching at each other. I, I think this is the whole reason that we're only having one of these, because we as people are smarter than that. We as people understand that this is the number two job. This is the guy who goes to funerals of other world leaders. And, and in the case of uh, Kane, he might be Hillary's food taster. Who knows?
2: I'll be, I, I'm curious. This is what I'm looking for tonight in a, in a vice presidential candidate, the one that would likely be able to cure cancer. That's <laughs> what I'm looking for. Which candidate would well, be well, able we to... Well, <laughs> we got
3: Joe Biden, isn't it? Oh, isn't that's that right. Biden's he still has guy? a couple
2: more months. He likely will cure cancer. So I that's can't... not an issue.
3: His wife's he's in the medical field. I heard he's pretty close right now.
2: <laughs> yeah. With the te- So you, you guys don't know as much about Tim Kane. Would you like to know his nicknames?
1: Oh, yes, 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 please. I know <laughs> Desperately. About the harmonica. Hold on, let me get my pen. <laughs> One I don't of them know
3: about the
2: harmonica. That's all. That's all. <laughs> okay. One of them, and I, <laughs> I got to give it to him. This is my buddy Scott Lee's. <laughs> called him over and over in Richmond. Tim Pre-Kaine. Because all he did was hammer pre-K, pre-kindergarten, the big government. Yeah, Tim, pre-kane, which is awesome. Pretty
3: good. That's a pretty simple one. That kind of tells you exactly where he is. He's a progressive. He's you exactly. know, cradle to grave. Government takes care of you.
1: And now, then, oh, not only not takes care uh-huh. of you, but starts young, indoctrinates Absolutely. at a very young age, yeah. uh, grooming individuals to be good little leftists.
2: Well, all of these pre-K, uh, head start, government, Head Start programs like this, uh, it's been proven that although they may give kids an advantage, you know, before they start school, by second grade, that is all wiped away. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't actually give them anything else. It really becomes government-funded um, uh, child care and then indoctrination, like you said. So Tim Pre-Kane and then the other one that uh, I don't know where this originated. I would like to take credit for it. I cannot. I did help fan the flames. The eyebrow,
1: <laughs> because wow.
2: you can tell when Tim's lying because the eyebrow starts twitching. Uh huh. Can we just have a camera on the eyebrow? Just pay attention tonight, guys. A brow. You, Watch, watch the eyebrow. A, the a brow, brow cam, cam. Left one. We're gonna have the brow cam tonight. It's a brow all cam all night
3: long.
2: <laughs> right, I so love watch it. The, watch the left eyebrow. You'll be fixated on it. So, it like so telegraphs little little messages like semi four or morris code <k holders>
3: <laughs> so it's it's television for the people listening it 's television right it's it's uh, Kane's left eyebrow yes. is yes. The, telltale, yes. the telltale, the telltale brow. <laughs> the
1: telltale. <laughs> I'm gonna, dude. I'm I'm watching for that. That that's his tell. You, I'm not that,
2: kidding. It's
1: like, I yeah, love it. Telling,
2: yeah, it's there. The brow. They call I, the brow. You,
1: you know what? I, I, I'm saying this half tongue in cheek, but I wonder if there's any there's anybody that's observed the same thing in 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 Team Trump that said, you know, wait wait for that that eyebrow to Tricks, then, then you know you've got him in the ropes, then you know he's scrambling, then you know he's lying, then go in for the kill. I wonder, I wonder if that is a legitimate tell for him.
2: I don't know if anyone's ever studied just all the tells of these, of these characters in yeah. general.
1: Well, oh, I, a lot goes into that. Well, in most campaigns, a lot goes into that debate prep. A lot.
3: Well, they do body language stuff. And if you watch, whenever someone says something and touches their nose, that's supposed to be a lie. What they've hmm. just said, just before or just after, is supposed to be a lie. So Thank God we're someone's... on radio. <laughs> 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 now scratching, scratching is a totally different thing altogether. I'm not oh, even go I'm sorry, there. that's well, okay That means supposed to steal second. Okay. Um, <laughs> hey
1: uh, guys, I don't know if you guys have noticed this this phenomenon, and, and this is this. this I, I will bring this around to to current events. But have you guys noticed these stories popping up all around the country about clowns? About clown sightings and some of these, and I don't want to belittle some of these. They're, they're they're creepy, and some of them are serious. I, I got a, an emailer today on on the show talking about uh, a clown that was up at the uh, Oklahoma University campus, and that her daughter her daughter's dorm was put on lockdown along with a neighboring sorority because the clown was reputed to have knives on him. But there are there are sightings all over the country of of clowns, and nobody's quite sure. What to make of all of this? Is it is it uh, a prank leading up to Halloween? Is it something more serious? Is it something more sinister? I have – and I put it up on the Salcedo Show page today, the Facebook page. There's been an actual sighting at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue of a clown. It's, it's disturbing. Um, if you go <laughs> to the – to the, to I, the I, can't believe,
3: I, I can't believe you roped in—I'm I'm sitting here going through all my files, Chris, <laughs> about the Baltimore clown and the schools that yes. shut down, yes. uh, the Philadelphia clowns, <laughs> and in New York. You know what the clowns—you know what the cops said about the creepy clowns? Don't believe the hype. Don't believe don't, the hype.
1: Don't believe the hype. Well, but, the, but the good news is authorities— a- uh, Authorities have concerned, uh, confirmed, rather, Mike, that there has been an actual clown sighting a at sighting. 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, and we have the proof, the visual proof, up on the <laughs> Facebook page.
3: I will go there. I, I got a hook in my mouth, and it's dragging me through the water. I there you go.
2: So um, a buddy of mine just uh, texted me, um, uh, Alan, a uh, guy I know from Virginia, who just said, don't forget what the state employees used to call Tim Kane," and I had forgotten about this. And I, I can't remember what it's in reference to, if it's just that he looks that way or what, but they called him the demented chipmunk. What? Which?
3: <laughs> hey, like, hey, if there were a chipmunk
2: look... here, you'd apologize. I really would. Uh, Let's I, not I... disparage chipmunks that way.
3: Well, I, I want to follow up on Chris's clown thing. Uh, police in Pittsburgh <laughs> have announced Dress like a clown, plan on meeting the police.
1: Really? Mm. It's getting yeah. to be that serious. You know, so, some people haven't actually uh, uh, made an assessment that this, this could be some kind of an organized crime or some, court of, uh, some sort of organized uh, terrorism, some are even saying out there.
2: Interesting. Yeah, I don't know, but well, I've seen you know, it I have you seen know, keep seeing them pop up. I heard uh, for a while some people thought it might be a marketing campaign, but it looks like it's grown beyond. Maybe just have copycats.
3: Well, we're going to – I think it's copycat like flash mobs were. The only good thing is, you know, those big shoes make it hard to drive.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and, yeah. And, and so they're not going to be good
2: drivers getting away. Uh, yeah, but the good news is they all come in one car. So you don't have to worry about transportation. <laughs> I,
1: every one of them. but Yeah. No, All right, uh, Mr.
2: Opalka. We'll uh, hear from you uh, after the debate tonight as well. Yes, I'm. I've got my
3: pencil and pad ready. I'll be taking my notes and uh, I'll be counting the eyebrow moves.
2: I I need to Watch get a body brow. language expert on yep.
3: to Watch analyze the brow. the brow.
2: The brow cam. You the may think cam. it's a caterpillar. No, it's it's his eyebrow. So <laughs> go. All right, Mike. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate thanks, it. You know, Doc.
1: All another right. another another serious uh, another serious uh, ramification or another story that's that's out there. Uh, Fox News putting. Uh, this out a ramification of who we elect coming up this is i've i've been pretty much hammering this idea of a fundamental change between uh elected official and governed uh that has taken place in the obama administration obamacare is of course the most infamous where the government tells you what to buy this this is a, a, a story about how a democrat ideology is finding its way into into the rule of law that the federal government has solicited local constabulary local officers to taking pictures of license plates of folks who are parked out in front of gun shows and this is the the democrat way uh, the democrat mode of assuming that someone is guilty until proven innocent, but th- th- this is a, a program apparently that is underway. The Obama administration using its leverage to 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 come to basically uh, solicit the the help of local police to go to gun show parking lots and record the license plates of those who are in attendance.
2: Well, and to fully get the impact of that. I mean, it's obviously bad. The, the full impact, though, Chris, you're right. You have to touch on everything else they've done with healthcare and government. You know, doctors telling people, you know, or asking kids, is there a gun in your home? And then schools, the indoctrination, and then the NSA spying, where it becomes, like you said, this this control thing. The, the problem is, you know that's bad. I know that's bad. A lot of people listening know that's bad. They get the full ramifications. Right. But there's a whole section of society, those that are concerned more about the Kardashians and certainly younger people, who really don't understand they're too far removed from – obvious consequences to non-capitalism, non-freedom-style governments. They're too far removed. I mean, my, my, my dad lived through World War II. I mean, he understood that. You know, my mom doesn't remember it, but she did as well. You know, they, they saw this stuff, my grandparents, and I would hear these stories. So although I wasn't a part of it, I, um, I got those firsthand accounts from them. It's just mm-hmm. lost on the younger. So I don't know how you communicate that. It may be just a case of down the road they're going to have to feel the pain before they go. Oh, so that's why it's bad.
1: Okay. Well, when those individuals feel the pain, it's usually too late to do something exactly. about it. And that's, absolutely, and that's why you know you rely. And, and this is this is a criticism that, that you can lay at the feet of Republicans and of conservatives is the abandonment of the education system when folks don't understand the the premise of innocent until proven guilty, why it's important, why it prevents from a banana republic style type governance that that, that lends itself to that kind of abuse. When when your assumption is that, you, you know, who are you talking to? Oh, you, you're guilty. You've got to prove to me that you proving, proving that you're innocent is not the American tradition. And of course, that's the that's the road that Democrats have us on simply because you're partaking in legal activity, buying a gun at a gun show, which is, again, legal. Folks, uh, mm-hmm. the government is still watching you. This is this is the government's resources turned on you, the people, rather than turned on America's enemies and adversaries. It's wrong, and there's a direct consequence for the decision we're going to be making in November.
2: It's difficult to be the educator in these, but I would point out in that situation, they get it when it comes to profiling. They, oh, it's wrong to profile because those people didn't do anything wrong. However, um, you. You don't get it when it comes to guns, right?
1: Well, you know, and, and prof- there's nothing wrong with profiling in, in and of itself. Racial profiling, yes, it doesn't seem to be. Racial profiling doesn't necessarily tell the full story. Now, when you profile using other factors, law enforcement is all about profiling, which, of course, the uh, uh, it's lost on the younger generation, the folks that you mentioned, the, 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 the those who are more in line with what the Kardashians are up to rather than civil liberties. but profiling in and of itself is not a bad thing it's when it's when you narrow profiling like racial for example um it, it doesn't make much sense when well, you have it when,
2: when when it, it assumes that because you are a, a race a gender whatever that you are bad that's when it's a problem as opposed yeah. to something that looks or is is out of place let's right. let's talk about some of the other couple of interesting things that are going on just touch on them a little bit um, just in the last few days. Obviously, I, I was off the last couple of days over the weekend. The Trump tax thing, which is Lucky. incredible. I no, not <laughs> not so much because I was chomping at the bit the whole time about some of these stories. Yeah. It's incredible to me that the New York Times likely broke the law to report something that was not breaking the law when it came to Donald Trump yet was not willing to even report the facts that would not be breaking the law when it came to Hillary Clinton breaking the law. Indeed. So, you know, that's out there. You're sp- we were supposed to have the big uh, WikiLeaks dump last night. We got dumped okay. <laughs> there was nothing to it. But now um, Guccifer <laughs> 2 is out, and it looks like there may be some – some funding things from the DNC, in particular the Clinton Foundation. Did you see that just a couple hours ago?
1: Yeah, there wasn't much on that either. It it, se- it seemed to be mostly a rehash, okay. uh, uh, of, of of some of the of, of some Democrat uh, DNC uh, uh, contacts and information, and and it, there really wasn't much there there as well. Now uh, Assange, back to Assange. Uh, you know, this whole build up, and all he wanted to do is say, look, we're ten years old, isn't that nice? and and, and we got some stuff coming up. Many are speculating that he's he 's been gotten to or somebody 's made him a deal uh, you you don 't affect this election, and if we win then we 're going to make a lot of things go away and the re and, and what did we bring up earlier in the broadcast here and, and on this run up uh, that you 've got right now uh the Obama Justice Department dropping charges. On, on, a, on an arms dealer because the arms dealer has some uncomfortable facts to reveal about Hillary Clinton and her unauthorized server, and that, that just can't be allowed to see the light of day. So guess what? Uh, this, this person who we have the goods on is going to be allowed to walk, and it's, it's all, everything is subordinate now to the Democrats maintaining power
2: we uh, we touched quite a bit on Tim Kaine let's touch a little bit on Mike Pence too just to give people some background if they don't know um a, a lot about Mike Pence uh Mike Pence is certainly the most conservative uh person uh, that is running for president or vice president right now one of the more conservatives lifetime review on um freedom works i think is 89% when he was in congress mm-hmm. um but there is a little bit to it nobody's perfect but i do want to touch on a, a few of his flaws just because i'm consistent that way um <laughs> he has supported government preschool um the state the funding you know which i don't think is right um he's not really a, a free market sort of guy as he, much as he would promote as governor he had supported his master plan which is really a big brother control uh, big brother control the economy a lot of a lot of Governors do this, a lot of uh, members of Congress, presidents, whatever. They still want that control in there. But the thing that bothered me about his uh, non-free market approach in Indiana is that he basically wants to to track citizens from the time they're born in Indiana through their careers to see where they can best fit uh, Indiana's needs in the future. And Hold
1: on. Come again? What, what, What does he want to do now?
2: He has proposed tracking um, infants, uh, babies, and and their development in school and how they do using these transcripts or whatever to say, oh, Chris, you would be better as a janitor or a professor or whatever. And kind of guiding and steering to make sure they also have enough janitors and professors in the future that Indiana will need. And it, it touches on that. Brave New World, Big Brother Control, Progressive Social stuff.
1: engineering.
2: Social engineering, which I, I, I don't like. And again, Mike is still fairly solid. I'm just going to bring up some of the flaws. Um, he he supported... <laughs> he, he didn't support Common Core. That had to go. But what he yeah. supported was a new Common Core that's more confusing. It has the same values of Common Core, just more confusing the way I understand it in, in Indiana. And then... One of my biggest problems with Mike Pence is if you look at his track record in Congress, just just his rating from some of the, like, FreedomWorks or Heritage or whatever. Right. From FreedomWorks, 2005 and 2006, 100%. The next couple of years, he got a 94, 95, 95. A little mm-hmm. bit down, but okay. Then he got an 87.
1: Uh-huh. And <laughs> his last
2: year, he got a 63.
1: Got infected, well, didn't he?
2: It happens all the time when you go to D.C. with these people. Yep. Maybe they think they have to play ball in order to get something good done. I don't believe in that, but maybe that's what it is. Maybe they mean well, but this happens over and over when you see them. It's usually about five years that's when it starts happening. But yeah. that's just a little background on some of my issues with Mike. Overall, yeah. still fairly solid.
1: And we wonder why the Republican Party is in the position it's in right now, having its it, the leadership of its party basically usurped by – uh, an outsider by the name of Donald Trump. Hey, one last thing on speaking of Donald Trump completely, if you'll pardon the pun, trumped up accusations by the Brian Williams press on this on these PTSD comments. I mean, the, the complete comments in context uh, from Donald Trump was is completely fabricated. I bet you Tim Kaine is going to try to go there tonight. And I bet you Mike Pence will have a response to this because even the veteran who asked him. This question, Doc, said that he was outraged and incensed that that the the, the Brian Williams press manipulated this in such a way because Trump was giving an honest and earnest response to this veteran's concerns about PTSD and the way it was twisted by the press was just shameful.
2: Well, and that's always the thing to watch for in these, you know, some of the hot button issues that would likely come up. So you're going to bring it up. You're you're going to be ready to stick it to that guy. But that guy also knows that you know that's coming up, and <laughs> you have something ready. You know that you know that you know
1: he knows that you right, know that you, that he Right, so knows. you're going to have a
2: follow-up to that. Then you know that he knows that he knows that you know, right? right. I mean, that's exactly. The, that's the game here. <laughs> All right, stay tuned. we got the debate, and then afterwards we'll be with you right here on the Blaze Radio Network. The Blaze Radio Network.